before you get like get into the episode, I just want you guys to know that I'm going in. This is going to be some heavy stuff. I know like the inward thinking stuff is pretty heavy, but this kind of I kind of I open up about some things that I have only really opened up to a select few of people, and I figured that I needed to let you guys in on what's going on and why that break actually happened when I did all those episodes and I stopped. So just go into this knowing that there's it's going to get a little heavy. I apologize if this isn't what you wanted to come here and listen to, but it's just something I needed to get off my chest. I needed to get out because I want to be transparent with you and everybody else in my life. But yeah, enjoy the episode. Um, I'll see you guys after. Alrighty. So I know I kind of I said I was going to keep things light for a couple episodes, but... Someone asked me a question, and they asked me to do an episode on it, which has everything which relates to today's episode, which is going to be about regret. But the question asked of me today was, well, not today, it was Sunday, I believe. It was when Billy asked me, hey, man, could you do an episode about how you went from drinking all the time to not, to being able to control yourself, control your wants to continue to binge drink? But honestly, what that boils down to is the reason why I was drinking so much. Why I wanted to fucking numb every fucking emotion. And those, which also coincides with the reason why I quit. And that has to do with regret. I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, I've been very open, well, somewhat open with you guys, everybody who listens. But there's... A lot of things I don't want to talk about or I haven't talked about because I'm not ready to talk about that yet. But there's just one thing that, you know, uncoupled with the conversation I have with a very good friend of mine today is the topic of regret because I went into a little bit of a soliloquy. Yeah, I used a, I used a big word. Because um, I was feeling really down. I'm still, I'm still actually feeling really down because I, I got in my head. There's also something else going on. That has to do with the more, you know, I have this weird, like someone's breathing on the back of my neck feeling constantly here these past couple of days, ever since I stopped carrying around something that I guess was, you know, keeping that kind of thing away from me. So I'm going to have to start carrying that again. But I said, you know, so the, I literally copied and pasted what I said. I said, uh, because, you know, the one thing that I hate when I get down is just, I said, I just want to do an episode on it as a. Like in reality, it's not, a, it's not the sadness of a situation or the pain that's going to kill you. It's the regret, especially when you're the cause of that bad spot. It's the regret of the things that you could have done to change the outcome. The regret is what eats at you for days, weeks, months, and even years. All of that regret, all of the regret rather, and you allow yourself to sit on it and let it control you. And that's honest, that's what kills you. Sadness makes you wish for death, but re- but regret has the drive to actually continue to bother you until you until it kills you, until it destroys the person who you are, and it makes you sit there every fucking day and just beat the shit out of yourself and make yourself feel like shit because you you know where you fucked up and you can't change it. You look at the person who you hurt, you know that there's nothing you can do to fix that. There's nothing you can do to change that. And um, not going to lie, it's kind of the spot I'm honestly in in life. With everything going on, I'm not going to even really talk about it, but there's just a lot of regret. I did a lot of things that I should not have done out of being hurt and hurt people, as 
it's been told to me, hurt people hurt other people. But I hurt somebody who is, was, and still is very important to me, regardless of how many fucking petty little disputes we get in, how many huge fights we get in. I still care about this person. I'm always going to care about this person, and I'm never going... I'm. It's going to be a very, very, very long road until I'm okay. And I've been able to find a way to reconcile with what the hurt that I did. And I'm never going to be able to make that up to that person. I've hurt that person more than I ever, ever intended, ever wanted to. But I'm not, it's not even an excuse. I was in a bad, a bad place. That's, the, that's not even reasoning. It's not an excuse. It's, it is an excuse. I'm using it as an excuse to mitigate from the fact that I fucked up hard. I fucked up major and I hurt somebody who I was not supposed to hurt. I hurt the person who I was supposed to care about regardless. Regardless of the fact that they were they hurt me in any way, shape, or form. I'm not supposed to hurt them and I did. I did things I wasn't supposed to do because I used the fact that I was in a god-awful place and let the, my own pride get in the way of me getting the help that I needed, not the help I wanted. And I hurt that person. I destroyed that person. And in life, you're going to do that. But sometimes those people you hurt are not the people you should hurt. And I did. And I'm never going to make it up to that person. I'm never going to be able to fix those issues. The only thing I can do is move forward and learn from those mistakes. Learn from the things I did to that person and make sure I don't let it happen again. Because it kills me to look at that specific person and just know what I did and it causes me to fucking say and do things that I shouldn't do because I want to fix it I honestly I, I just want to f- be okay I want that person to be okay but I know that me continuing to get angry about things continuing to push things it's going to make it worse that person's not going to move forward and that's something in my little my very short journey so far and inward thinking and trying to fix me is something that I've learned is like well I, I realized that rather it's not something I learned when it began it's something I learned literally today I l- literally realized this today when I was sitting there texting my best friend about everything going on and he goes listen man you're not going to fix it on your own and it doesn't matter if you hurt that person because they, they hurt you too but you can't use that as an excuse to continue to hurt each other. You can't use that as an excuse to constantly put each other down. And honestly, that was probably one of the best things I've heard. You know, my friends and I are, you know, we're young. We're in our 20s. But sometimes, you know, people in their 20s are a little bit more knowledgeable on things. They kind of understand how to get to, like, the brass tacks, like, the root of issues because they just went through it. And they, they have the ability to look at it from a mind that was just in that situation. And that's something that's really kind of helped me when it's come to the whole inward thinking part of life, the whole moving forward, the whole pushing it, and trying to fix things for me, fix things for everyone I care about. And uh, and honestly, I don't know how. I can say I can say the way to fix things, I can tell you the way to do things, I can tell you how to fix tiny things. But I really don't. I'm not trained. If you want that, honestly, you need to go to therapy. You need to find somebody to talk to who is a trained professional. Because I'm not that. Everything I say on here is literally my opinion based off of my experiences. I don't sit down. I don't have a master's degree in psychology. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a dude who's got a podcast. 
And yeah, this episode's probably going to bring a lot of people down, but it's something that I honestly just need to get out. I fucked up. I fucked up a lot throughout my life. I've hurt a lot of people throughout my life. And I used every excuse not to take responsibility. And that was not okay. I've done... I can't... I don't even want to... It's, it's hard to even talk about. So this episode is going to be a lot of me rambling and trying to find ways to not talk about it. Which is why I have two examples of regretful characters from media that I enjoy. That kind of... They don't fit with me. But, like, their motivations are all reasons for, like, are through re- regret. And I'm actually going to talk about one of them again tomorrow when Damien and I record Dudes Being Dudes. But, yeah, regret's going to eat at you no matter what you do. You can try to hide from it. You can, you can hide it. You can bury it. You can try to bury it. You can ignore it. You can make, make, your, you can make yourself think it doesn't exist. But it's always going to be there waiting for you to be just down enough for it to fucking strike and hit you. And make you fucking feel those feelings again. Which is why I quit drinking. Because no matter what, no matter how much it felt like I could find the answer at the, end, at the bottom of a fucking bottle. The regret of everything I did would come back. And it would just destroy me. And when you're drunk, that is not the right place to be for that. When you're under the influence, you're, that's not good. It's going to make things worse. It's going to bring your mood down so much. That's why people with... You know, who drink a whole lot and they're around firearms. When they get really depressed, sometimes it leads to suicide. Because those sad feelings is when you're drunk, you don't have the you don't have the ability to mitigate what you're feeling. You don't have the ability to actually like go, holy shit, this is not where I'm supposed to be right now, and flip that switch because you you lose that kind of function. I guess is the way I want to phrase that. Once I gotta take a drink before my throat ends up like last time. I'm also driving. As I'm on my way to do a video session with my therapist. But that's honestly what led me to stopping drinking. Because no matter how much I tried to like numb the pain of everything I was feeling. Because I was fucking in a bad spot. I'm still in that bad spot. I just find better ways of working through it. Better ways of moving on. And trying to find solutions to issues. Looking inward. Trying to find... Find the things I hate about me and try to change them. Which is why, I'm, honestly, I'm going to let you guys know now. I'm 24 hours without nicotine. And honestly, my reasoning behind it is because nicotine has been nothing but a drain. It's been a drain on my wallet. It's literally just done nothing but cause me, you know, financial. Because I literally I will just go out of my way to spend a shit ton of money on it. And that's not something I should have done. Because that's money I could have spent on my kids. That's money I could have spent on things I actually needed. Because I didn't need to go out and buy fucking vape stuff. I didn't need to go out and buy cigarettes. I didn't, but I did because I was addicted to it. And I'm kicking that addiction. Kicking that addiction right in the ass and moving forward, trying to be me. Be better. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be a better me for everybody in my life because that's what I need to be. And I'm doing it for myself because I did not like who I was. I don't like who I still am. I'm, there's still going to be things I need to change. and I'm working on it. And I know there's going to be somebody who listens to this and this is going to be the thing that they needed to hear in order for them to kind of perk themselves up to kind of realize that they need to get their shit, their shit back on track. And I'm glad I can be that. I care about people. I care about the people who listen to this podcast. I don't even know you, but you come out and you come listen to me talk. You come listen to me talk about stupid movies, talk about politics, talk about all of these things. 
And I, I'm thankful for it. And honestly, the real reasoning behind this podcast is because I wanted somewhere to vent and I wanted people who were going to listen. And I knew that if I gave it a catchy title and all these other things, people were going to be like, huh, this looks interesting. And they were going to listen to what I had to say. And that's selfish. But then, it, you know, I started doing it. I kind of turned into, holy shit, I'm enjoying doing this. This is fun for me. This is something I enjoy doing. It's like a little hobby. And I want, I want this to grow. I want this to improve. I want this to be the best thing I can create, the best product I can create for the people who listen. So this first season, this is season one. I'm starting to think I'm going way off of my initial plan. Actually, I am going way off my initial plan. I apologize. But that's kind of what happens with shit like this is you have this whole set schedule for what you're going to do. And then you change it. And like life happens. Things change. So here I am. But season two, I don't know how I'm going to do season two because I'm probably going to take minimum, maybe, minimum, maybe even maximum, a month. I'm going to stick around that. I'm going to take a month to kind of collect my thoughts, collect the things I need to do in order to continue to p- pump out episodes for you guys. I'm honestly thinking about ending season one at episode 20 just so I have enough stuff for people who are just finding it that they have a lot, to, they have stuff to listen to while they're at work and just kind of cruise through and catch up so they don't feel like issues are going to be caused because they're going to miss an episode. They're going to miss something important in one episode because they're trying to catch up. So giving that month for people to listen, let people figure it out, let people just kind of grow into it, I feel like that's a good call. But yeah. Regret's the real killer. Sadness gets you there. Anger kind of makes you do things that you don't want to do. But it's the regret that's going to get you. The regret that's going to keep you in a bad place. The regret of it all. I almost let regret win a few years ago. I did. I almost did. I was in a very bad place. A lot of things were happening that didn't... I didn't want to happen. I did a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And I almost let regret win. But you can't do that. you got to push forward. you got to get the help you got to let go of your pride every now and then and let anything, let the positive influences in your life influence you. Let things move for you. Well, not for you, to you, to help you. Let the world around you bring you the resources you need. Let the signs come. You need to do these things. And I feel like honestly joking about it with Damien, fuck it, joking about Damien, like talking about doing an episode like this is what was kind of a sign for me to get a, level kind of baseline myself bring myself back down because I was I was feeling really good but I knew that that really good feeling was coming to an end soon because I could feel it I know me enough to know when I'm fucking I'm about to bring my my own I'm going to sabotage myself and me doing this is trying to stop myself from sabotaging myself but don't let regret win because once you let regret win one time, two times, three times, it becomes a habit. You get this thing in your head. You're like, I can just give up. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to sit here and be sad. And you're going to turn to that searching for little things in yourself that you hate to just hating your whole self. And then you, it's, um, it's very hard to pull yourself out of that hole. And that's not something I want for anybody. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I would not wish that on anybody. Because it's not how you should live your life. It's not how things should go. It's not how things should be. So I think now...
Yeah. Would be the best time for me to probably change the subject. Because, you know, that's my whole journey. For me realizing that my emotions were getting out of control and me drinking was only making it worse. So I had to stop that and I had to figure out a way to mitigate that. And it was by just cutting it out completely. And now I'm at a point where I can, you know, have one beer and not feel like I need to drain an entire bottle of fucking liquor. I, I don't feel like I need to drain an entire bottle of wine. I don't need to destroy an entire 12 pack. I'm not like, I'm not at that point anymore, but it's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be something I'm going to have to fight to not do because that's what happens. Because you, once you get into that habit, it's hard to break it. Yeah. So moving on, let's talk about Roy Batty from Blade Runner. One of my, honestly, it's a movie that I enjoy, but it's also one of those movies you have to be in the right mood to watch because it's just hard, but I'm not going to get into that part. I want to get into Roy Batty. Because what he is in the show, in the movie, almost said show, is a replicant. They're synthetic human beings created by Tyrell Industries as slave labor. And to avoid them from developing feelings and becoming more human than human, they decided to only give them a lifespan of five years. Well, I think it was like four or five years. So Blade Runner is the story of of Decker, who is a Blade Runner, who's a bounty hunter to hunt down rogue replicants. He retires them. They don't call it killing because you know, it sounds horrible. It sounds like murder. But he retires them. But Roy Batty and his gang of like four other, three or four other replicants. It's, I literally just watched the movie, but sometimes I forget. Plus my head's a little cloudy. Um, stole a ship and came back to Earth where they're not allowed to be. So they tasked Decker with hunting them down and finding them and retiring them. But I, that's honestly what started the regret conversation. Was it was a, it was Roy's motivations. Like, why is he doing this? And I personally believe that Roy was motivated by the fact that one, his life was coming to an end. Two, he was a slave and he was forced to do things that he did not genuinely want to do, but he had no choice because if he didn't do them, he was going to be retired. So he figured at the end of his life, he, his motivation along as well as regret, was to find a way to live longer to be able to live more life that he wasn't able to live but he found out that he cannot because of the way that replicants are created and i feel like all of their regret because his ending his ending speech he talks about that he's seen things that people wouldn't even be wouldn't be able to imagine he was a warrior he saw sea beams light up a sky he saw things that would destroy a man normally and he had to live with those things he had to move forward he had to and they died with him because he ended it saying like these all these memories like time will be washed away with time and they will become meaningless like raindrops in the wind not well <laughs> raindrops in the no teardrops in the rain because in time, things fade. In time, people forget. And he regrets that he won't be able to live a full life because he was a slave. He was free labor for for humanity so that we could colonize planets and be able to do things that we, go into situations that we couldn't do without dying. So they figured if we created other beings that you know whose lives didn't fucking matter because they were literally only going to be alive for the shortest amount of time imaginable. 
who cares if they die? Who cares if they die in our wars? Who cares if they don't survive a incident? They don't survive, you know, being blown up. Because they mean nothing. They're meaningless. They're purposeless. Their only purpose is literally to serve and die. And that's honestly what I feel like led Roy himself to the point he was at where he decided to take what he could and and fuel let that regret fuel him in his endeavor. Which then ultimately he died. Regardless, he was going to end up dead because there's nothing he could do to stop his own death. And he even went to Tyrell and he said, I can't, there's nothing we can do. The way you were made makes it impossible. And then he ended up, you know, overall killing Tyrell. But that's a spoiler for the movie, so I apologize for that. So I'm going to give my cat some more food while I'm walking out about, walking out about, because I'm actually going to probably cut the recording here soon because I have therapy. But the other character who I think is a very good epitome of regret from, you know, a more, this isn't, you know, not that I'm being biased against replicants, but a more human perspective is the comedian from The Watchmen. He was a Vietnam War veteran. Well, he was, no, he's a hero. They, he, called him, he called himself a hero and people in the media called him a hero. Because he was a, he fought hard. He did what he had to do to win. But then what got him, honestly, was the fact that the United States government ow, well, unleashed Dr. Manhattan. And Dr. Manhattan was able to end the war in a day because of just the overall power that he had because he, he was not a man. He was a superhero. So Eddie Brock, the comedian, filled with the regret of the things that he did during the war, then ran into a situation where a woman, he got pregnant while he was in Vietnam, said, okay, time to talk about what we're going to do about the baby. And he, pretty, he told her to f- go fuck off. He told her to go fuck herself. To which she then broke a bottle and sliced his face open. So his response was to pull a gun on her, and he killed, shot and killed her. And that's when he realized how far gone from humanity Dr. Manhattan actually was. He literally, because he, after he shoots her, he said, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you intervene? He's like, he's like you could have turned the gun into steam, the bullets into mercury, the glass into, fe- the bottle into feathers, but you did nothing. You just sat there and watched. You're out of touch. You've lost your humanity. And he stormed out of the bar, yelled medic, and that was kind of what set Eddie Brock on on his journey of regret and trying to do things, not even he didn't even try to like figure out how to live with the regret. He literally decided to let the regret consume him, and he became one of the most cynical and honestly one of the most evil heroes out there. He's not even really a hero; he's more of a fucking vigilante. Not even not even a vigilante. He was well, yeah. He was part. Of, he was put out of commission by the anti-vigilante laws that Nixon. Uh, passed after the police riots which was after Vietnam funny enough but when the police riots happen Eddie is kind of a what is he I feel like I've been calling him the Eddie it's, his last name is probably not Brock so that's on me I'm going to get murdered 
by comic book fans. And I apologize. You know, I've watched the movies. I've read the graphic novel. But I sometimes it just slips my mind. But his kind of big slip into the regrets, like his own regrets, was uh, during the police riots because the Watchmen, is what they called themselves, were doing the police's job. Him and Night Owl were going out to clear the streets and then he just started unloading on the protesters with rubber bullets and Night Owl was like, what are you doing? He's like, hey baby, this is the American dream. This is what we wanted. This is the dream. Because he had lost touch. He'd be, he'd, there, he had done so many regretful things. Like They don't even really go into it in the graphic novel or in the movie. But then, that once that regret, once, you know, he really... Once the regret kind of started really taking over his his life right before his death at the hands of hands of Osmandius, who was supposed to be one of his friends, because he was having issues dealing with the regret of the decision that he made to help him, and what Osmandius's grand plan to create world peace was, he went to Moloch, who was one of their arch nemesis, an arch nemesis, an evil an arch enemy. There we go. And was crying. He's like, I can't do this. He's like, it's all one big joke. But can somebody please explain the joke to me? I can't do it. Please help me. Somebody please. He was asking Moloch, who was supposed to be his enemy, for help. And then he left. And then a few days later, he was sitting at home. And Osmandius broke into his home. And right before he was thrown out of the window, he said, you don't get it. It's all just one big joke. And then he was thrown out, and that was the death of him. And near the end of his own life, I feel like he came, like from the way they portray it at least, he came to terms with his regret. He came to terms with his life. He had that one, that huge moment where he just cried in front of a guy who he was supposed to hate. And then um, he was ready. He was just ready to go. He was ready for his own death. It was time for him to go, so he allowed it. He put up a fight because, you know, you don't really want to die. But he fought until he was overpowered because he's only he's but a man. He might be a strong man, but he is but a man. And so he accepted his death. And I think right there is a good time, a good spot to stop because I'm about to get on a call. For. With my therapist to deal with my own issues because I'm trying to do that. Thank you, guys. I'm sorry. This is this is honestly a really it's going to be one of my worst episodes to me because I kind of opened up a whole lot and I, I didn't intend to, but I just felt like I needed to. Because if you're going to talk about regret, it's hard to talk about regret if you don't have any regrets of your own. Rather, you can have regrets, but you know, not big ones. But um, thank you guys for all you got, all of the support. I promise, I swear to you, these I have the rest of the season I'm gonna do my best not to go and dig myself into this hole, leaving myself going, How the fuck am I gonna dig myself out of this one? I will never thank you guys enough for all of the support and everything you guys do to help me out to make sure that I know I'm doing a good job because I want to do a good job for you guys. I want to make sure that what I'm putting out is what you want to listen to, what you want to hear. Cause I want to entertain you guys, I want to inform you guys, I want you guys to Hear my my hot takes on random shit. <laughs> but that being said, if you need help, there's always a way to get help. And 
you know. I'm going to plug this because I feel like it's something I need to do after this episode. But the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available for you 24-7, all day, every day, at 800-273-8255. I have experienced suicide in my life. I've had my own instances where it's become an issue. But I don't want anybody who listens to this, anybody I care about, to think that that's the option, that's the route to go to get out of the situation they're in. Because it's not, it's going to get better. It may not, may not seem like it at the time, and I know you hear this from every fucking buddy, but it's going to get better. Things will improve. You just have to work at it. You can't just sit and expect things to come to you. You need to put the work in. You need to make sure that you have the ability to make yourself feel better, make yourself get the help, make yourself do the things you need to do to get better. Just be safe. Take care of you. And the and those who care about will help. Those who care about you will help, rather. But um, I'll catch you guys next time. I'm going to go... I'm going to hop on this, uh, this therapy call, help mitigate my own issues, figure myself out. Thank you guys so much. But that's going to that's gonna be it. And I don't know why, but I'm like sitting here like in my head. So I guess subconsciously, I'm like, oh, I should just stretch it out for 30 minutes. But thank you guys for everything you guys have done, all the support along the way. I have high hopes for this show. Now it's been a... Uh, That's been my hot take on regret.